Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Welcome on this beautiful holiday weekend. Uh, this is a sign that you love Jesus. Um, you are here, and it is summer in Michigan, and it's like 85. Either you really love Jesus, or you don't have air conditioning, but either way, I am glad to see you guys. Uh, for those that are new or are tuning in from somewhere, I am Pastor Daniel, and I get the honor and the privilege of sharing with you guys tonight. And I, I've had people just waiting for me to use a recent event as an illustration, and tonight it fits. So I was excited. Uh, if, if you know me very well, or if you've been following me on social media, you may have discovered that I have been getting into biking um, a lot. And so my, my wife just kind of chuckles because I have been biking a lot. I got a, I have, I used to bike a bunch. I didn't bike for, for the most part, for like 13 years. And then discovered that as age occurred and life stages changed, exercise wasn't happening on accident. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to exercise on purpose. And so I, I bought a, an exercise bike and it came with iFit. And I started biking and I did that in October and I've put a couple thousand miles on it and um, getting really into this. And then I got friends who bike outside a whole bunch. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to go bike with them and I'll do an outdoor ride by myself. And I went and did a ride on my own and was like, you know what? This, this is fun. I can, I, can, I can do this. And then my friend... So I, I went on my own, and I go with my friend, and I, he's trying to talk me into doing a race. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I can do it. And I'm like, maybe if I start with, like, the entry category for one of these races, this will be great. And I look up their speeds, and I, like, spit my stuff out. Like, well, the, how on earth is the entry level going that fast? There is no way. And my friend's like, you could do it. I'm like, there is like a 25% gap between what I do and what they do. And this is entry level. And he goes, no, that's because you don't understand the dynamics of a race. You don't understand the power of the draft. And I'm like, that may be, but this looks like a big gap to me. And so he's like, just wait, you come ride with us and I'm going to teach you how to draft. I'm like, all right. So I get over there and I am overly excited and clueless. And so... We get there and he starts giving me instructions and he's like, all right, you're going to ride like 12 inches behind me. I'm like, that's kind of close. But he's like, you know, he's like, you may start out a little bit further, but your goal, you want to be like right here because I'm going to block the wind for you. And it's going to make this massive difference. I'm like, really? You're, you're not a semi. Like, but I'm like, whatever. So I'm going to give this a go. And so we get out there and we get riding. And when we first start, my, my drafting was not 12 inches. I was, I was a good bit away from him. But as I got a little bit more comfortable and discovered how incredibly steady he was and how he would um, hold his line, hold his speed, I'm like, okay. And I got where you're riding just, you know, about 12 inches behind him. And we go for a ride and it was a 25 mile um, loop that we we're doing. But we get like 20 miles into this thing, maybe 22 miles into it. And I'm like, I'm ready to start. Like, what is going on? I I, I was just like flabbergasted because 
I have just biked 20 something miles, but at speeds like faster than what I would normally go. And 20 something miles in, I feel like I'm ready to start. I'm like, what is happening? And he's like, you're in the draft. You aren't in this by yourself. The guy in front of you is doing most of the work for you. And, and, and he went through and we did some, he, they, they stopped a couple times to teach me things like, all right, now it's your turn to lead the pack and to push the wind. And, but but it, it was really crazy as I began to watch this and go, okay, on my own, I would be struggling to hold this pace, much less hold this pace for over 20 miles. But here at 22 miles, I'm like, let's start. Let's have a party. Let's, let me lead. Like, let me just like, I got energy to burn. And I'm like, what is going on? And it just like flabbergasted me. And I was like trying to like put this all together. And I realized, like I underestimated teamwork. I underestimated the power of the wind. I underestimated the power that this person leading me could make. And, and, and that's why they have this importance and they have this system for changing who's leading. And, but this is what I, I, I connected the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. And a lot of times we're over here going, but I can just do this by myself. And when we try to do it by ourselves, we're pushing all of this wind and we're wearing ourselves out and we're getting nowhere. Because as I talked to him about this, he goes, it's so important to stay with your, or the, the, the word is to stay on that wheel, to stay on this, this, this person here. Because if they're moving fast and they lose you, all of a sudden now, it's a beast because you got to catch up all by yourself. And I, and I was just kind of like running with this going, but so many of us, instead of getting in with the Holy Spirit, we're going, oh, I can just do this by myself. But see, the Holy Spirit, he makes a great lead. He likes to lead. In fact, he doesn't even want to take turns. It's crazy when I'm riding with my friends, they all ride for a long time, then they give me a turn. They'll shake their elbow or tap, tap back and then, you know, they're going to drop and then it's your turn to go to pull forward and to lead the bunch. But, but when you're riding with the Holy Spirit, he, he doesn't tap out. He doesn't tap back. He just keeps going. But if you want him to clear a path, you have to follow his lead. And I begin to look at this gift, this, this thing that, the, that Jesus called us to and he said that, he told us in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, to wait for the promise of the Father that he said, you've heard from me. John baptized with, with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he goes, this promise is for you because God's call for you is more than what you can do on your own. If we're trying to do it on, on our own, we are going to wear out and we are not going to make it. We're going to wear out and we're going to be like, but I was called to do that and I'm over here. We're going to look and go, well, how come I am not seeing these results? See, Colossians 1.29 says, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. God's call on us is supposed to require his assistance. And it's this powerful thing when we recognize that he wants to lead, that he wants to equip, that he wants to empower. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit the last couple of weeks. And I want to continue because I, first off, there's nine, we group them into nine gifts of the Spirit. and We've made it through four. So we got a little ways to go. Uh, and we won't finish that all tonight. Don't worry. I'm not going to keep you here all night. If you want to watch stuff blow up, there'll be plenty of time. 
But, but I want you to understand that God's call is more than you can handle. But you aren't meant to handle it on your own. And, and it's this powerful thing when you recognize that in order for me to fulfill my call, not just as a pastor, because sometimes people are like, yeah, you need this because you are a pastor, because that's what your job entails. But no, I need this as a father. God knows I need it as a father. I have children and they have my blood in them. I need the Holy Spirit. I need it to be a godly husband. I need it for all these different areas that God's called me to. And these gifts, these empowerments from the Holy Spirit are meant to not just be for us. It's not just to go, oh, now life is easy. He goes, no, now life is empowered. And it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, or sorry, verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That these gifts are for us to use to see God's will done on the earth. They are to let him shine in and through us. All right, so that's most of our review. Now we get to, to start talking about speaking in tongues. Well, it was where we're going to start. And I kind of covered this three, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I don't know. Whenever I started this series, time blurs together. But this is an area that a lot of people get confused. So I wanted to take a minute looking at the gift of speaking in tongues. In Acts 2 verse 4, it says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this is, a, this, is this, this thing that shows up as like this first sign that they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, frequently referred to as the initial evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Kenneth Hagin says, Diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in the Holy Spirit, uh, a language never learned by the speaker nor understood by the speaker, nor necessarily always understood by the hearer. And that was not the Kenneth Hagin quote I was looking for. But... He says, it is the door into the supernatural. And when we begin to speak in tongues, it is a powerful gift that is for believers. And it is for all of those after they get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there is a personal gift and there is a ministry gift and they sound similar and so people get very confused. And so I want to start looking a little bit at this personal gift and, uh, or continue looking at this personal gift. In Mark 16, verse 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He is commissioning them. He is sending them out. And this is part of their commission. He says, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. And sometimes people get on this kick and they're like, well, I think that was for a long, long time ago. And that, that doesn't matter anymore. But this was what he said would happen to those who believe. And he didn't say those who believe in the first century. In fact, this was, this was a sign that he said we poured out in the last days. So looking going, this is for us today. And I've heard some people go, well, didn't he say, doesn't Corinthians tell us that that these gifts will pass away, but love will never pass away. And once the perfect has come, and some people will go, well, isn't the perfect the Bible? Okay, if you look through these gifts, 
they will pass away when they are not needed. Healing is in this list of gifts. Does anyone need healing? Does anyone know someone who needs healing? Okay, then the perfect hasn't come yet. Now, when you look in Revelation chapter 21, he talks about being with God and him wiping away every tear and there being no more pain in his presence. Then some of these, these gifts won't be needed, but we are not there yet. This gift, this initial evidence, allows us to speak mysteries in the supernatural to God. The Bible says that it encourages or it edifies or it charges us. So if, if you are uh, feeling weak, feeling burdened, feeling anxious, feeling depressed, feeling unmotivated, he goes, you want to charge your battery? Spend some time speaking in tongues. He goes through and lays this out. He goes, I know that what you are called to do may be more than what you can handle. So I didn't mean for you to do it on your own. And it's this powerful opportunity in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, the one who speaks in tongues builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Jude one twenty. but you yourselves build yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. And it's this thing where so often Christians go, at least in, in our culture, and they're like, you know what? I got baptized with the Spirit because they said I should. I checked it off a list. You know, maybe I, I spoke in tongues that day and I checked it off my list and then I shelved it. But he goes, this is a gift that's supposed to keep you charged, to keep you empowered, to keep you enabled because God has so much in store for us. And he wants us to be equipped and empowered to be his ambassadors. Um, and it's something that we're supposed to continue to be being filled. And when we do, has anyone ever struggled to pray? Or at least for very long, you like you pray, you run out of stuff to pray for in like 60 seconds. Or you discover that your prayers are incredibly selfish. You're like, what'd you pray about? You're like, well, the things that were on my mind, what was that? What I need, what I want, and you're like, oh, wait a second. If God answered all of my prayers, I would be the only one on the planet affected. Like, like no, 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 my wife would be affected too. Um, but, but when we pray in tongues, we begin to let God pray in us and through us and begin to see God do things that are beyond ourself. Sometimes uh, we don't understand prayer and so we, we don't value this, but, but when God wants to partner to do something on the earth, when we pray, it enables us to partner with God to see his will done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, a few years back, five and a half years ago, my, my wife, we just had a baby and my wife was healing great and then all of a sudden, things went really far south, really fast. She was in pain, lots of pain, called the doctor, set an appointment. Then she started passing out, right? Forget the appointment. We're just going to go in. And, and we go in, and we did not, the, the hospital did not communicate clearly with us what was going on. We found out later she had sepsis and almost died. 
but they didn't communicate very well. So we are there, and we are not knowing what's going on. They're trying to figure out why she's passing out and, and all these different issues. Well, they woke her up a few times at night, and you're like, go away. Sleep is important. It's three in the morning. It's two in the morning. Go away. We didn't find out until afterwards when we're talking to our general practitioner, our, our, our normal doctor, he's like, oh yeah, he's looking at the notes. He's like, oh yeah, they, they, they woke you up because they thought you were dying because your heart rate had dropped so significantly. So we get this report from him and there was some of these hours which it had happened. And then someone's like, you know, a church comes up and's like, hey, how are, you, how are you doing over this last little bit? I felt, I woke up in the middle of the night impressed to pray for you. Didn't know what to pray, so I prayed in tongues. And you're like, oh. While we were going through it and didn't know that we were fighting for our life, God knew what was going on, was able to wake somebody up and use tongues in order for them to be able to pray and cover what was needed. It was this, this amazing thing where we can partner with God about things that are happening that are far away from us, they're disconnected from us. And there's a ton of these crazy stories of people who, who pray in tongues and, and what God ends up doing. But uh, my brother, a while back, he, was, he, was, he had a day that was just weird. And he's like, I just felt like I was supposed to pray in tongues. And I prayed and, and I just didn't have peace. And I just kept praying in tongues and praying in tongues. And he's like, I don't think I've ever prayed in tongues that long. He's like, I just kept praying in tongues. And there was something that needed to, to break. I didn't know what it was. And he spent most of his morning praying in tongues and finally he got just this, like this piece. He's like, sweet. I have no idea what that was about. But God's got it covered. And a little bit later, he gets a phone call that his daughter had drank some poison. Not like just like random poison, like a cleaner that happened to be poisonous. Um, no one was trying to poison her. But she had got a hold of a cleaner, and um, apparently it looked like chocolate milk. Um, and so she went to, to try to drink this. And as soon as he got the call from his, from his wife, and it, it had gone from babysitter to mom to him, and he was just going, it's going to be okay. I had been praying about this all morning and didn't know it. And it was crazy as they began to walk and the doctors were freaking out. And they're like, do you have any idea how toxic that is? What it could be doing in her that her heart could just stop. And he's like going off on this like list of, of things. And he's like, yeah, I'm aware. And he had this like crazy confidence and the doctors were just upset that he was not as upset as they thought he should be because he'd been praying about something he didn't even know was going to happen for hours before it happened. And they, they, they walked through, followed the Spirit's lead on that one, and she was completely fine with absolutely no effects um, from this, this deal. But it's this crazy thing that when we partner with God, He can do things that we aren't even aware of, that we can partner with Him, that we can speak mysteries and so often, I talk to people who are struggling with this, and they're like, well, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
but I haven't spoken tongues yet. And there's a lot of reasons that this can happen. But one of the really common reasons is they try to do God's job and try to get God to do their job. This is what that looks like. They're sitting here trying to be holy enough to be filled, trying to make themselves worthy. That's God's job. That's what Jesus did on our behalf. And then they're going, oh, well, I will wait for God to speak in tongues. It's not working. And they're waiting and waiting, waiting for God to do it. But it says that they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it's this thing that we get to step out and do. They go, well, well, what about, um, what about in the church? What about this gift that not all speak in tongues? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. Well, there is the gift for you and there is the ministry, like this is put in the, the context, are all apostles? This is verse 29. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do works of miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? These gifts, he goes, not everybody's called to be the pastor. Not everybody is called to be the prophet. Not everybody's called to speak in tongues inside the church. Not that you have to like check your tongues at the door, but not everybody's supposed to speak in tongues in a loud manner for all to hear. And then he goes on and we find out that he says not even to speak in tongues in the the church unless there's someone to um, interpret. And it was this deal where he goes through and says, um, I want you all to speak in tongues. This is chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that they may build, um, be built up. When we speak in tongues on our own at home, it's to build us up. He goes, inside the church, what these gifts are supposed to be doing is to be building up others. And he goes, Tongues there doesn't build somebody else up unless someone has the gift of interpretation. And if someone is operating in the gift of interpretation, then they get to declare, they get to speak out what was spoken now in the language um, that people understand. And he goes that, that the gift of tongues and interpretation together equal prophecy. We talked about prophecy a couple weeks ago. And he's going, it's like two nickels and a dime. They both give a word from God to encourage people. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Um, speaking in tongues, a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue, and interpretation of tongues, the interpretation, or the supernatural showing forth by the Spirit, the meeting or utterance of tongues. And I got thinking about this going, hey, have I... Have I had this? Have I done this? He says to pray that we can interpret. He says to seek these gifts. And I remember a few years back, I went up for a prayer walk, just walking and praying. And as I, as, as I was walking and praying, I was like, all right, I'm just going to start praying in tongues for a bit. And I just started praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, out of praying in tongues, I started speaking in English about a subject I knew nothing. And I'm just like praying. And all of a sudden, I've been praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, I just called out someone I know's daughters and began to pray some very specific protection over some issues 
over these girls. And I was like, that was weird. As in, that was not normal and that was not me. So I called up that fellow and said, hey, this could be a word from God. This could be pizza. But here's what I was doing. I was praying in tongues and then came out this prayer for protection over your girls. I don't know what's going on, but I want you to be aware. And he's like, thank you. We will be vigilant. We're about to go see a bunch of extended relatives and we will be extra careful to make sure that our daughters are kept safe and protected. And it's a spot where God could show up, where God could use me. And I want to encourage you that if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to make a regular practice of praying in tongues. Because if you don't, it won't. And it's meant to equip you. It's meant to empower you. I'm looking at the time for deciding how many more things we can cover. Um, but this is this amazing tool. I want to start touching on the gifts what they would call the power gifts, which is faith, healing, and miracles, which are, are I don't know, my, my, possibly my favorite because they're cool. But as I, as I look at these going, okay, so many Christians go, I never see God moving in the gift of faith, the these gift of healing, and the gift of miracles. And I thought, well, why is it that so few people see it? And then I, I discovered many times people never see these gifts at work because these gifts take you beyond your own ability and many people aren't reaching out with their ability. If you have a car with a supercharger that kicks in at 3,500 RPMs and you never get your car above 2,500 RPMs, you will never know what it's capable of. So many people are going and they're waiting for God to show up and do a miracle but they're not praying. They're not stepping out in faith at all. And they're wondering why a gift of faith isn't in operation. But he goes, when you step out in all that you do have, this will take you far beyond it to accomplish what God wants to do. And it's this, this powerful thing, but many of us don't understand faith. In fact, somehow the idea of faith has gotten reduced to something that only happens in church, but that's erroneous. Faith is something that people who don't believe in Jesus practice on a daily basis. Because Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is believing a promise before the promise comes to pass. Believing it so much that you're willing to act on the promise. And some people sit here and go, I don't have faith. I don't believe anything that I can't see. I call your bluff. How many of you have ever ordered anything offline? Did you pay for it before or after it showed up? Then if you paid for it before it showed up, then you stepped out in faith. You stepped out in faith in a promise. They promised that they would send you something. And you look and you're like, but some of them are a scam. Yeah, that's why you got to check the promiser. 
And, and you look and you might go, hey, I'm going to check the reviews because I want to make sure that I can trust them. But faith says, hey, there's a promise and therefore I will act. If you have a job, you have faith. Because you guys go to work based on a promise that after the work is done, they're going to pay you. And you're going, all right, I, I am working. Most of you guys wouldn't go to work if you didn't believe that you were going to get paid. But you're going, hey, there is a promise, and based on their promise, I am going to put out some action. And it's so simple in these, this context, but really, it's the same thing. The only thing that changes is what promise are you acting on? When I begin to go over God's word, just like you would pay for something you're going to order, if I go, hey, I believe his word, I'm going to step out in obedience, I'm going to step out in faith, and it's going to produce an action in me. There was a woman in Mark chapter 5, and, and this, is, this is crazy, because Jesus was surrounded by people. And his disciples noted that he's being like smashed by everybody. But this girl goes, he's the, he is the Messiah. If I touch him, I will be healed. She laid hold of who he was and of this promise. And while everyone else is bumping up against him and getting nothing, she crawls her way through the... I, I don't know if it actually says she crawls, but I always picture that she crawled. Probably because she touched the hem of his garment, and I can't imagine her, like, walking up to him, being like, excuse me. Like, that just seems really awkward. So when it says that he, she touched the hem, I just, like, imagined her, like, trying to get to the end of the crowd and it being too busy, and then being, like, a little kid. Like, you watch my little kids. There's a crowd, and they can't get through. They'll just, like, drop and scurry. And everyone's just like, what was that? And like, he's like, up oh, there, there's a kid. And I can just like, picture her like army crawling through this crowd. And everyone's like, what? what's going on? And she just gets up there and touches the hem of his garment and is like, going to like grab and go. Like, boop. And she's, and he's like, who touched me? The disciple's like, everybody touched you. Look around. You're crowded. He's like, no, no, no. I felt power go out of me. Who touched me? Like, well, if lots of people touched you, how come only one of them received something? Because one of them reached out in faith. And when we reach out in faith, we can begin to see a promise come to pass. And he, she, eventually she goes, all right, it was me. She begins, and he just looks at her and is like, hey, according to your faith, by your faith, you've been healed. And daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And we'll spend more time on this a different day, but I want you to understand that if you want to see God move, and he says to earnestly seek and desire these gifts, the first step is to go, I want to operate in simple Faith, regular faith. And you go, well, how do I operate in simple faith? Find a promise. I order stuff on Amazon. I check the reviews. I'm like, how many stars has this one got? All right. If it's got one star, I am probably not going to order the thing. Go, oh, no, I'm going to go check for someone who's got a good promise. 
Check for a good promise. And when you do, you can see some amazing things. I remember getting ready for a mission trip and going, God, use me. God, fill me with your power. And felt like God just spoke to me and said, my power is in my word. And I kept trying to get God to just give me awesome things. He just kept directing me to his word. I'm like, I want to see you do miracles. My power is in my word. And so before this mission trip, as I began to go over this, I began to just write down God's promises for healing. And I just began to go over them. And I saw God do amazing things because I began to have promises to hold on to. And I want to invite you to get into his word. And if there's an area that you need to see God's will, you need to see a move of God, if you need to see a miracle by faith, then get that word into you. The Holy Spirit is there to take us beyond our own ability, but we should be stepping out in our ability. You go, hey, where is his faith going to kick in? When your faith runs out. But fill up on God's word to see it begin to come to pass. And there's a lot that that gets into this, but I want to invite you and I want to challenge you. And if you do not, have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet, I want to invite you to receive it. If you have received it, I want to invite you to make a habit of praying in tongues and going, God, build me, fill me, encourage me, strengthen me to do what only you can do. Because God wants to work in you. He wants to work in your family. He wants to work in your marriage. He wants to work through you at your workplace. God wants to shine in and through us. And he gave us his Holy Spirit to do what we could never do on our own, to be his hands and the feet. And if you sit here and say, well, I don't even know Jesus. You know what? I don't know that I'm right with God. Then that's the first place to start. Can I get everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes? If you're here and you say, today, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life, then I'm gonna count to three. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and we're gonna call on his name and you can know that you're right with God. One, two, three. Go ahead and raise up your hand. Say, that's me. Awesome. Who else says that's me? I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Awesome. All right. We're going to say a simple prayer. If you're online, you can type in, that's me. But we're going to call on God's name. Because he says, whoever calls on his name will be saved. So go ahead and repeat it for me. Say, God, thank you for loving me, even when I make mistakes. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe that you died and rose again, that your blood washes me clean. I choose to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org. Follow us on social media or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you again soon.